The turning point that we were all waiting for. What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catch and Dubs podcast. We're your host, I'm Ethan, and I am joined by my duo, my splash bro, and my co-host, Zach. Um, before we get started, happy like late Thanksgiving to all you guys out there. Um, Zach, did you enjoy your Thanksgiving watching the Lions? Yeah, it was great. It was great. They showed, they, the boys showed that dog in them. They almost put a W, so it's all good. But 25 days till Christmas. It's, time, it's that holiday time of year, you know, pumped. And Mariah Carey singing you know, All I Want for Christmas, getting that paycheck. Uh, Warriors are turning the corner, so that's the best part. Yeah. I mean, you know, finally back at 500. What's not to love? Yeah, but let's before we get into Warriors, let's um let's talk a different sport. World Cup, you know, every four years we don't get to do this often. Yeah, sorry. The US, you, the US uh advanced to the round of 16 the knockout stages. This is basically like the sweet 16. Um, so I mean, Zach, how do you feel about the US being that young team making it to the knockout stage? I've been a truther. I've been a Christian Pulisic truther ever since. I'm not. I'm not going to go on a rant or anything. I think. I think it's. I think it's very. It's cool to see the country united around one team with how divided this country is with politics, social issues, etc. Um, and to see all this. I don't know. Patriotic. I mean. This is probably the only time of year, you know, when the U.S. is playing in the World Cup or the U.S. are playing in the Olympics where I'm actually patriotic about this country. So it feels good to be back in that groove of things. And I just like the fact that the U.S. have been underdogs in every single game so far. And I don't know if they were underdogs against Iran or not, but um, I think they were. But it, like... it just It's just cool to see them having success against countries that whose primary sport is soccer and yeah so they play the dutch on saturday so hopefully they get a keep it going get to the quarterfinals yeah we'll see we'll see against Argentina. a 7 a.m game i mean people really gonna wake up for that oh especially in the pacific coast so um stay tuned for that you know if you're into soccer you just want to be patriotic, just, you know, watch the game. But anyways, the Warriors, like you said, Zach, they're back to 500. They are 11 and 11. Um, they're 5 and 2 since we last recorded. Um, I think the only two losses was against the Suns and the Mavs that were on the road. But I think the biggest thing that, like, the adjustment-wise was after the Suns game, Steve Kerr said, hey, our bench is getting demolished every time on defense and on offense. And you can see in like the post-game conferences how the second unit is always playing too fast and trying to play with this, the level of the first unit. So the idea was to have Draymond and Andrew Wiggins um, both in that second unit um, to help stabilize that bench aspect. And heck, 
it did work. It's been working. And, you know, you're going to have to ride that ship too. So I feel like it was just a great, it was a great call, especially by Steve Kerr to make that adjustment too. So all credit to him for making that rotation very, very soon. So I do want to give a shout out to him. Yeah, they were they were underdogs against Iran. It was like plus two, three hundred, something like that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so I think I, I I think Steve Kerr should, for how much he is, gotten a lot of heat over the years from Warriors fans just because of controlling Steph minutes, etc. I I think he's done a quite a good job with figuring out this second unit because as we've seen since he made that change, it's been much far improved from where it was earlier in the year, and I think that game against Dallas on Tuesday is a prime example of that. Um, and I think when you have Draymond as a vocal leader and the best defender on the team leading the second unit of Dante DiVincenzo, Jordan Poole, Anthony Lamb for some reason, and Jonathan Kaminga. So, I mean, and I think he may, I think he may be rubbing off a little bit of that energy on Jonathan Kaminga because Jonathan Kaminga right now is doing everything right. No, I mean, yeah, since we're on that subject. But like, he's, he, and you can listen to him in his press conference, and it stood out to me on Tuesday. He sounds like Steph. He sounds like he's buying into that. The role. He's I, buying just, into, like. The Warriors culture. Yeah. He's not, like, complaining that he's not getting enough minutes. When he's asked to do something, he will do it correctly, and he he's just buying in. And I think – what is he 20 years old now yeah he's only 20 and he's showing that maturity granted it took him a little while but hey lottery picks who would buy in to play 20 minutes a game off the bench yeah um when did it first start like which game I, i think was it against the jazz no it was probably the game after that i don't remember but like it was yeah if you could do a rain check on me on that because you know, all of a sudden, J.K. is like, um, he's defending really well. He's making the right reads with passes. He's not forcing up shots. Um, he's being that defensive slasher. Yeah, that was, started against that game against the Jazz, and then the Timberwolves, he oh, okay, yeah. good. And then the Mavs was just stellar performance. He was like plus 17, I believe, off the bench. <laughs> yeah, it, it was spectacular to see what he's been doing. Sure, you know. Um, he's not getting all the shots and granted because you're going to be on this Warriors team. You're not going to be taking as many shots as you would like. So, I mean, Plus JK my bad. taking all the opportunity he can get, you know, the saying, uh, fake it till you make it. Who knows? But like um, JK has certainly been impressing me and I'm sure he's probably impressing you a lot too. So um I don't know. Like, I'm just, we're just, I'm pretty happy about JK because two, three weeks ago, I said trade all the kids. Yeah. I'm saying Jonathan Kaminga is going to be, if he keeps playing like this, he's going to be playing impactful minutes coming off the bench in the playoffs. So, I mean, and I know I'm sounding like a broken record with all my takes because, you know, I just fire them off and then they never age well. So, I mean, I think it'll be, interesting to see how Moses Moody gets incorporated into all of that who hasn't been getting any minutes at all what's the reason behind that do you like why do you think 
Moses Moody just kind of got yanked away from the uh, rotation. Jonathan Kimmingo got yanked completely away from the beginning of the year. I think I think it may be a little tactic by Steve of trying to get these guys to buy in. I don't know. It's interesting too because you can make the argument too that Moody is much better than Lamb. Um, I don't, do you agree with that? I feel like you could put Jonathan Kaminga in Jeremy Lamb's spot, and I think he would still do well. Or not Jeremy Lamb, Jesus, Anthony Lamb. <laughs> um, and you could throw out a second unit of Jordan Poole. You could add Moses Moody into there, but I, I just think Jonathan Kaminga has basically taken Anthony Lamb's minutes, which I don't think Anthony Lamb needs to be in the rotation anymore. He has certified himself as that guy coming off the bench who can play 15 to 20 minutes just to what, just because of the way of how he has been playing just perfect high IQ basketball, getting doing all the right, doing all the little things correctly. Yeah, and that's what matters in this uh, Warrior system. Like, how good can you do the small things? Because it's not going to show up on the box score. You see with Looney, especially, like, People don't want to talk about his impact on the game, like his screening, his positioning of, of rebounding, especially especially since he's like 6'10 and like an undersized big. So it's about the impact on the game. And you see that with like JK, Anthony Lamb, obviously at certain points, but you know, that's just going to come with time with well, Moody I mean, and JK. Lamb did hit some clutch threes down the stretch in that game against Dallas. Oh yeah, he did. Half. He did. And in the second half. So I'll give it to him there. He he did play some smart basketball on t- Tuesday. He's not the flashiest player, but well, like he's like a gritty, like uh, he's that JTA type player who will come off the bench, provide energy, and get dirty and get on and just do the things that some guys just aren't willing to do, um, which is dive to get those loose balls, etc. Um, yeah which I think some teams need. And I think that 2021 team needed JTA down the stretch who would provide energy. And I think when you look at it now, I think a lot of Warriors fans took JTA and Damian Lee for granted just from the fact that how, about how much energy they provided coming off the bench, which I think this team is now starting to show. And you can see in that game against Minnesota, all of the energy and the emotion that the bench was showing when Clay and Steph were hitting threes, which you didn't see earlier in the year, but I'm, it's just important to have those high energy guys. Yeah, and you can see the like the emotion shift a bit, or like the mood. Like a couple weeks ago, you can tell like oh they're not like reacting. You can see on Twitter where like like you know like the bench celebration, like they're not even celebrating, but like now you can see oh they're like celebrating after like, every play, every rebound, every three. It's like you can tell it's starting to come back to where it was when they won the championship a few months, like a long time, not a long time, but like a year yeah, ago. And I, and I think it just maybe took a little bit of getting used to everyone, everyone getting to know each other. Cause you look at the team, it's a big drop off in age from Steph, Clay, Iggy, Draymond to Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Dante DiVincenzo. JP. Yeah, it's just a big age drop off. And I think Steph has said it before in press conferences about how 
they don't they when they have conversations they don't know what each other are talking about because they're interested in the, so many different things but um it is a generational gap too there right like was like uh but it's, just, it's but, like a 15 year di difference between like steph and like jk so it's like it's crazy too when you think about it like you know so, but like yeah um i do want to switch gears a bit like too i think this is more just off topic too but like with the amount of back-to-backs to like the Warriors have this season, a lot of Warriors Twitter gets a little upset when um, Steve Kerr decides to rest the starters to in the second game of the back-to-back. For this, yeah, like I've seen it on Twitter, like like especially with you know we're on the five hundred and you know wins are important in the regular season. That's what they say. But what do you think about that? Like resting Steph, Clay, Dre, like the, like the second half. First of all. Yeah, first of all, I feel bad for the fans who buy tickets to see the Warriors and to see Steph play and he doesn't play. But second, I'd like to point out a prime example. In 2016, the Warriors went 73 and 9. And it was playing every day, playing the majority of the time to get that record. They got the record. And then you could see in the playoffs that they were a little that they got gassed a little bit. You playing all the way until June after a 73-9 season. I think it's important to just have those throwaway games where you put the young guys out there and you put the bench out there and see what they can do and rest the Steph, Dre, Clay, Wiggs, Looney, but Loon doesn't like the rest, so Iron Man. Loon. I mean, because it's, it's his streak, bro. Like, he played five minutes against the Pelicans on the second game in a back-to-back -back and called it quits. Um, I just I just think it's important to just keep those guys healthy. Those Steph is 34 years old, and I understand that he's playing at such a high level, but let's be real. How long can he keep this up? And I hope he keeps it up until he's 40, but I'm just saying it's better to preserve what he has going right now and keep some of that gas left in the tank by just resting a night against a night against the Pelicans in the middle of in the middle of February instead of having that cost them later in postseason if that had made any sense. Which is why yeah, I'm, which is why yeah, I, I get that too. I get that too. Resting players, even if you're five hundred. But I mean yeah, so yeah, I mean people are making the argument too, oh, because we're five hundred, we're not winning as many games yet, you know, there's no comfort. As long, like, as, as as long as you get into the playoffs anything can happen that is true it's like march madness you all you got to do is just get in the tournament and anything can happen so i mean yes it would be great to have that home court advantage as a one through four seed but does home court really bring a factor especially if you're a exactly, warriors team exactly that is a good point because you look at that last year in the warriors playoff run they were they had home court advantage every single series except for the grizzlies one yeah, except for the Grizzlies one, and they still snuck out a game one win after Draymond got ejected, and then they did a three-one. Yes, yeah, so I mean, home when you a team wins on the road, home court just goes gets thrown out the window in a playoff series. So I mean, it's not that important. And with the Warriors' playoff success and trusting the core four, I. I as long as they're in the postseason and and not a playing team, I'm perfectly fine with anything, honestly.
Yeah, I feel like how much I trust them just from the fact that yeah, me too. With what they did last year at Steph's age, yeah, that man, yeah, I I would be perfectly fine if they were five seed and they still got into the postseason, even if they don't have home court advantage, they can perfect. They are perfectly capable of going in to a series against Denver with not having home court advantage and beating them in six games. Yeah, I mean. I mean, Steph's first year, I mean, they didn't even have home court advantage. And they won that Denver series in six. So, I mean, there is interesting points about that too. But, you know, that's home court. That's a different story. But remember how, let's say, like, you were like, oh, let's look at this 20 games later later at the start of the season to see if, like, you know, we need to panic or anything. Like, what? We're 22 games in. Um, How are we feeling too? Like, especially as, like – they're 11 or 11 it- right now. Am I panicking? No, not panicking because I feel like the second unit is finally turning the corner. You have Jonathan Kaminga playing at such at a higher level than he was earlier in the year and last year as he didn't get much minutes anyways. But he looks like he's finally buying in. And it's starting to look like that second unit led by Draymond is developing that little bit of chemistry because you go back to the Dallas game they were down at one point in the first quarter 17 points and with the second unit coming on the floor I'm thinking this game is a wash there's no point in watching if they're down I thought that too has performed the second unit clawed and fought their way back in and I think when Steph came back onto the floor they were only down two something like that yeah, I think so. It was somewhere caught me by surprise. And that second unit got them back into a game against a playoff caliber opponent and a team that they played in the Western Conference Finals last year. So they have a tough schedule coming up in December against road games against Boston and Milwaukee. But uh, as long as Steph Curry is on the floor and healthy, I'm not too You worried. always have a chance. Yeah, I'm not too worried. I do think it brings up a little bit of an interesting situation because 20 games earlier, James Wiseman is still getting minutes and James Wiseman's currently in the G League. And as a <laughs> third year, second overall pick, uh, you shouldn't be in the G League right now. So I think it's going to be a little bit interesting because I said three weeks ago, I said it was an it was the episode after the Orlando game where they lost in Orlando. Oh yeah, where I said abandon the two timeline system, trade all the young guys. Jonathan Kaminga's in the safe spot right now. I still believe in Moses Moody, and I think it, it's just time to move on from James Wiseman. I think the front office gets that, but I think there's one there's guy- hesitation. Yeah, and I think there's just hesitation. I think a lot of it becomes from one guy who runs the team, who's bought into James Wiseman hype. So that's Joe Lake of Cough Cough. Ran into yeah. Him, actually, we ran into him outside of the arena. So. Oh, we did. Uh, he was like riding in his like Jeep or something, or like a, it was like a black. So he's Ben's G wagon. Okay. Yeah, but. Uh, to speak on the Wiseman stuff, um, it's really interesting too because every game in the G League I just been seeing on Twitter, um, he's had a negative um, plus minus. I know plus minus isn't everything, but like 
the like that kind of tells a story a little bit more to you with the um, the plus minus two. I think you just have to take advantage because you look at it right now, especially in the Eastern Conference, just around the league. I think there's a lot of teams who may start selling players just for the tank because you have a generational prospect, probably the best prospect since, since LeBron, Victor Romanyama. I think there may be the teams like the Jazz, the Spurs, obviously. The Wizards, maybe. Kyle Kuzma, I don't know about that. But um, but just guys like Jared Vanderbilt or Jakob Pertl who are good stretch bigs who would fit that need that the Warriors have, even though Jermichael Green has been pretty good in that spot uh, recently. Um, I don't know. I just think the Warriors bench is one piece away. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I just I just think they need one more piece to finalize this roster for that player that for that void that or that spot that they had Wiseman in that they hoped he would um, be sufficient enough for and obviously hasn't. So I think the problem is too with Wiseman too is that his value is so low that like going there's to have no to value first or second round pick. Yeah, the, you can see, you can see the potential of him being a serviceable big in this league, but his, his value is just so shot that you're just gonna have to include a first or second round pick in there. And the, actually, uh, I saw this on Twitter too. Uh, there are three players that who were picked one and two, top two picks, who got sent into the G League. Do you know those two names? Or three names? I do not. Okay. Anthony Bennett, Hashim the Beat, bust. bust, and James Wiseman. Bust. <laughs> on his way to being a bust. Yeah, I mean. It's not good company. Yeah, it is not good company. And I, know, I don't feel like it's hard to say he's bust material since he's only played 50 games. I, I truly feel bad for the guy, though. Like I, I do. I, it's tough, man. You know, you had all that hype going into the draft. Yeah, it's it's just a tough area to be in. And I think... I do want to bring this up, too. Was it a bad... Oh, fuck, we're moving back to 2021 draft. But 2020 draft. But hindsight, like... Was it really a... Was it a bad move at the time? When you, the time if you think no. about it. At the time, it was not a bad move. He He fit that mold. You have st- you have a starting lineup of if Clay didn't tear his Achilles, you had a starting lineup of Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and James Wiseman. It was not a bad it was not a bad pick at that time just for fit. Um, Which brings the argument: Do you go think, best player available, or you go fit? A Steve Kerr player. As much as I would have loved to have Lamelo. He wasn't that Steve Kerr type player. If the Warriors had the number one pick, though, then I would have slammed my hands on the table and said, get Anthony Edwards. But when you look at that draft, it, I mean, it's not just the Warriors who have had bad luck with the number two pick. I saw an image of draft since 2010 with the number two pick. There's probably the only Kings. three players who have turned out for that number two pick. And that's probably, I think it was Ja. The Blazers with KD. No, the. Ja, KD. Yeah, KD. Not even D'Lo, I don't think. I don't know. 
Wasn't Lonzo the number two pick on the Lakers? Well, he hasn't panned out. So yeah. Yeah, I, I do want to. I do want to. One more thing. Um, the media members have kind of given up on James Wiseman. I don't know if you've you, like you, seen you it. Tell in this, this Warriors orbit, fans have given up on him. The media has given up on him. Even truthers who were like last like a couple years ago, like Wiseman's here to stay. Yeah. Like Tim Kawakami, oh, I think. Bit, Shout out to him. Up on him, yeah. Yeah, like he's given up on him. Guy, and I, and I see, I firmly believe there's only one guy in the front office who has not given up on him, and that's Joe Lacob. <laughs> Even though Joe Lacob's not in the front office, he runs the team, so he's up there. Yeah, um, but yeah, interesting schedule coming up too. Like you said, on a road trip. What's the record after this? Like the record by Christmas. Yeah. Um, how many games do they play till Christmas? That's the question. They play three, six, nine, eleven more games until Christmas. So by Christmas, I'm gonna guess Nine, nine, eighteen, and fourteen is my guess. That's, That's a good one. Schedule. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Warriors are back on track finally. Um, I guess we were just kind of waiting for it too. Um, after that three and seven start, they're they're pretty much stabilized. But obviously, with how wide open the West is, like. One good week or one bad week can shift you like six spots up or six spots down. So, you know, it's pretty much you got to go all in, like you said. No, I have to add one more game. So I'm going to say 20 and 13. That's my record. So, you know, that's pretty bold. That's pretty bold. Well, the only two losses I see are the Bucks and Celtics, if we're being honest. There is a back to back, by the way. I, I think so. I don't, have, I don't have any faith in the 76ers currently. The Bulls aren't scary to me. The Rockets, yeah, they've beaten the Warriors. The Warriors have beaten them. Pacers, mm, yeah, they're a good te- young team. Jazz, yeah, they're going to start tanking soon. The Raptors, mm, good young team. Knicks, yeah, no, they wiped, Warriors wiped the floor with them, even though it was close, too close for comfort. And the Nets, yeah, they don't scare me either. So, yeah, I don't. I told Kevin to come home, and he hasn't answered. So, the Warriors will go into Barclays once again, and they'll be screaming Steph's name for MVP. So Twenty That's and fifteen. There we go. And we get the welcome the uh, Grizzlies. So you know, Warriors and Grizzlies fans get along nicely. So it should be a fun Christmas. But uh, that'll do it for episode 113 of the Catching Dubs podcast. Uh, make sure you uh, check us out on uh, all social platforms and uh, go USA. Come on, boys. Beat the, beat the Dutch. And we'll uh, keep it moving. Hopefully the Warriors keep uh, the good vibes going. Rack up some more wins in the next couple of weeks.
catch you in the next one. See ya. So what? So you should enjoy.